0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sportsbook in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshots Off-Track Betting. Go to Betfredsports.com. For more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise, must be 21 or older. Play responsibly for help. Call 1 800 Gambler.
2: see you later what's up everybody (laughs) welcome to the loud spot i'm your host sebastian right out of oklahoma city today we are doing something different it's not really a musical podcast we are trying to grow and, and grow grow the show a little bit so tonight we have neil darish on the show and he is on the discovery channels edge of alaska how are you neil hey i'm doing great thanks again for having me sebastian yeah, thank you for coming on the show. I'm super sure. excited, uh, super excited about you coming on here. I was, I reached out to you on Facebook. Love love the show, right? So <laughs> that's what happens when I don't have cable and I'm watching uh, Discovery Channel Plus. I go through different shows. and Edge of Alaska said that that seems pretty interesting. So, uh, so sorry, I'm reading the comments. That that was pretty interesting. I reached out to you and and here we are. And I talked to you a couple times. So how did the show even come to fruition?
1: Well. Um, a long time ago, you know, we're in a big national park and it's the last community still in a national park. And it's been a ghost town that I've been restoring since 2001. And, uh, we had had this idea about 10 years in that if the town became known, it not only would be good for tourism, but mostly it would keep the park service from trying to push us out. And so it was kind of a serious issue. You know, we were, we, there's a million acres of private land in this national park. That's 13 million acres.
3: Okay. And,
1: um, it's the last community that's still there. You know, it's not a, a native allotment or a tribal lands. There are six hundred thousand acres of tribal lands in, in the park too uh, that a have. But it was just kind of a cool thing to do. And and of course, the reason why I'm intrigued about Loudspot is we do involve ourselves in music. That was never part of the TV show. But right, was well, yeah. a community. You know, where when I started, there were people living there, but it was a few dozen. And even now there's only, you know, 30, 40 people that live there year round. We're we're surrounded by more mountains and glaciers than anywhere on the planet. So the show got started because we were kind of in turmoil with our neighbors. You know, the park service, these are professionals that are in the national park for the same reason we are, because we love wilderness. Um, But in that wilderness is this community and it's all a lot of young energy and it's all about, you know, extreme sports in a way. Like normally when you go on vacation, I mean hot air balloon or snorkeling or whatever, anybody can do it. But a lot of stuff out there is more like scuba diving, you know, you kind of little need a little bit of training or you're really into mountain climbing. And so it's a high energy, kind of a young crowd.
2: So what, what and, you know no, it was, no, it was
1: hard. hard to, finish. Yeah, it's just it was hard to kind of separate the two because we were thinking, hey, you know, we'll talk about the park and all the stuff. And that had nothing to do with when you do theater, which is kind of what the discovery stuff is, it's an exaggeration of our life. So the parts that are interesting to the viewers, uh, they're probably less interesting to us mm-hmm. as people who live there. And the, and the things that are interesting to us may be boring to the viewers. So um, it got started because we wanted to to be let you know, uh, let alone in the national park, basically. And, and one way to do it would be if people knew about us, then the park couldn't pretend we didn't exist. And and so, it's um, I'm kind of being harsh in a way, but the relationship is really great now. You know, as far as how it how it is to be a local in a national park, it's the last community still in the national park, and and that's important. So the show doesn't really get into that too much, but that's why we did it, and it started because we approached, uh, and then we were approached a few years after our approach to them didn't work. They came back with a idea. So.
2: so how do you approach? How do you approach? Uh, you guys, you guys approached discovery was it discovery channel or was it just like other networks and decided? yeah
1: so so like for people out there that are thinking how do you get into this right like how we we were told by others from outside hey you know this should be a reality show because there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on and and our lives are different but i i understand now having been through it more than i did when we started and i think the 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 thing that we did was we we hired somebody to come up and film us and do what's called a sizzle reel, you know, like a few minutes of what it would be like with these people. Okay. And it was shown to all, you know, like Discovery, Nat Geo and um, Food Network and others came back. But the version we were doing was summertime and it was with our crazy chef doing all kinds of fun experimental things. And, mm-hmm. and each one of the networks came back and said, yeah, you know, we like this idea. We like the characters. But can the chef hunt for the food? And, and I said, well, are you out of your mind? I mean, <laughs> in a national park. Okay. So now fast forward to today. If I go back to 2011, when we made that approach and they had said that, I'd say, are you kidding me? We're serving polar bear on Thursday. Get your, up <laughs> ar- <laughs> right. So that's, you know, so part of it is being able to poke fun at yourself and, uh-huh. and the ideas, but, um, uh, you know, for, but for, for your audience, there are definitely people out there that have an unusual life, right? We all have an unusual life. And how do you make that dramatic? Mm-hmm. If you gonna mm-hmm. try to promote it using that avenue, let's make it relevant for your wow. listeners, right? So right. they've got something exciting, they got what you have to do, it's remember that all of this is character driven. So mm-hmm. it's less about, you know, what the obstacle is. And it's more about how you overcome obstacles. And, and so by the time the audience realizes that, you know, I'm not going to kill the other guy or the other guy's not going to kill me. They're suckered into the characters. And so that's, that's what drives it. So if you've got interesting personalities and I've seen some of your podcasts, so you got interesting (laughs) interesting personalities, right? And so to have them come across in a way that, that makes sense, you have to be able to let go of what you're attached to, which is your ego and your personality. And and yet you still have a big ego or how do you get into entertainment and, and the front of stuff? So, I'm the only advice I'd have for people who are trying is of course to persevere. Don't give up. Don't take no as an answer. Right. And, and have great entertaining personalities, you know, bigger than life kind of things going on because the people that watch these shows, it's, it's not an insult. What it is, is they they, they, they have a nine to five life, right? We're all in a Mm -hmm. world where we, at least when we're young, we don't want a nine to five life. And so I was fortunate enough to live something a little different than nine to five. And that's what these shows are. They're they're drama based on an exaggeration of people's lives, but they're true to the to the, the ethos of what it's like to be in remote Alaska. Am I gonna get frostbitten because I lost my glove on a snow machine? Absolutely not. So <laughs> would it look like I'm gonna die on the snow machine in the show? Yes. Because right, that's what gets people in the drama. So so if you let go of that and you let the producers help create the story, they're not gonna write scripts, but they are going to know that you know Sally and Ralph do this dance every day at this time you know and mm-hmm. that's their relationship and that's their dynamic and so the producers can bring out the dynamic the hard part is finding people who have a big personality and are willing to give it you know everything to the producers so that they can make it work that's really hard you know to so, let go of protecting yourself right you know because mm-hmm. it's someone else that's putting it together
2: so, would so then when you're on the show, you, everyone still, see, cause I, you know, you read things online and there's stuff that's true. There's stuff that's not true. But, <laughs> you know, people say it's scripted and I, I, you know, and I would probably, from what you're saying, it's not, it's scripted. Not, it's but they probably suggest
1: conversations. Or something I'll tell you like, how it works. I'll tell you how it works because it's not a secret and it's not breaking the, the ideas, you know, the idea is that first it's theater and it doesn't make it a lie or right or wrong. It's just a way of creating story and it is story you know and they're not written for Alaskans they're written for people who are going to be drawn into the drama like me okay yeah like character, you know, yeah. character, but you're a character too so you know if, if it was the other way around and and I saw your podcast so I've seen what kind of character you are too otherwise there wouldn't be something there right so you have to have a dynamic, you know, a personality. Like, there were lots of people that wanted to be on the show. Many more that didn't, you know, it would have nothing to do with it. But the people that were brave enough to want to be in it, there were some people that I wish could have been on it, but they were, they would have talked like this. Uh,
2: and and that's there. not that's not entertainment,
1: right? Well, I don't know. Does <laughs> this sound entertaining? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's really that simple. It's You have to be a little bit you know, you have to have a sense of urgency or something, right? So when you put those personalities and it's an interesting dynamic in front of a producer, so, you know, is it scripted? It's not scripted. It's more like they know the personalities and, and, and they're saying, well, what do you do? So for us, it was, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going to go out onto the this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do the other thing. And they're like, okay, well, we'll We'll go over there. So what the technology or the technique it's called rather is, is screen is scene scripted rather scene scripted. Okay. So that's okay. where they they'll say, you know, we know that we're going to be over by uh, this building and this is gonna happen. And and so they don't really know how it's gonna, we don't know what we're gonna say. They don't tell us right. That. <laughs> and that's not really, you know, that doesn't mean that sometimes they they're putting together a narrative, a story. So sometimes they have to fit stuff in. So here's a you know, when, when I watch any of these shows, I, I realize that if it's the first year, it's very different than if it's the second or third season. Because once people get used to it, you don't see the back of their head as much. And so right. the poor guys in production, they have all this footage, but they still have to tell a story that the viewer is going to watch. And so if, if I don't say the right words, they might have to do what's called Frankenbiden, which is put the words in, in the character's mouth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be very, you know, that's where it can be very dangerous and nefarious. Have, have, you,
2: watched a show? have you ever watched a show? First of all, did you watch the show?
1: It was really hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, I know, I know that's fun. like. I can barely watch my own episodes sometimes. Uh, right.
1: It's the same phenomena because we're we're doing something that's exaggerated even now right, right. I mean, sure. even oh, now yeah. it's kind of exaggerated i mean we're not faking it i'm not any different but
2: <laughs> you gotta have a personality like when i come on once the show starts it's like hey what's up everyone i, I get the enthusiasm yeah. out and, and i yeah. keep talking uh was there was there cameraman? oh so by the way the town is called mccarthy alaska yeah and it's, there's a super neat history um there was there's that we're gonna talk about the mother of mine here in a little bit there was also a mass shooting that happened in, in in the small town. It was also a copper mining uh,
1: uh Yeah, but, town. but hold on for a sec. I want to insert two minutes of something.
2: Yeah, go
1: ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I also have a really cool saloon, the Golden Saloon. Yes, we're going to talk about that as well. Yes, In the middle of the wilderness, and it's a destination. So when your audience, when your bands are going out and they're touring Alaska, this is that little wacky off the, you know, way off the charts place. Uh-huh. That will make the whole experience, you know, more than just playing Anchorage and Fairbanks and Juno kind of thing. It's so, really a special Do program. you do you get? I mean, if yeah, we get, a some, band, we get some, we get some fun bands. We get some fun bands. Band.
2: You're gonna go out to. You're gonna go to uh, McCarthy, Alaska. It's not like a place you're just gonna stop by because you're on tour. It's a place that you're gonna go because the bands want the band wants to uh, have an adventure, maybe, and go. Yeah, for bands, track. it's is,
1: Play. It's different than talking to regular guests. So what happens with bands is they'll come in and, and so they'll play, you know, one or two nights at the good. And we know that if they're coming all the way out there, we got to do two nights. So it's worth it for them. They're only going to see a hundred, 200 people. So it's not like we got big crowds um, they're You know, we're going to basically comp the whole stay so that they're, you know, they come all the way out there. What can we do? Well, we can show them a great time and have them have an awesome, you know, part of their Alaska vacation. But after the first night, I and mean, they're going to make friends all the locals are going to hear them and you know assuming they're talented they're going to get invited to go on ice climbs and out rafting and whatever it's just making friends in that little community and being part of that community i mean art is what makes a place hip and so having and we do a lot that's you know artist driven or we have a big artist residency program and and the bands although they're they're not part of the artist residency program it's still a big part of what makes a place interesting and hip and so it's a ghost town that's been restored. And now it's no longer a ghost town. It's more of a tourism place, but it's not giant. It's not like the valley where there's a million people a year. We get 30,000 people a year. That's 30, so, so for your audience, you know, if there are bands that are going out to Alaska and they remember McCarthy and they start looking up, it will it will make sense then. So I'm just putting yeah. the book in and now back to what you really wanted. That was me selling my
2: book. <laughs> is there, is there a cameraman that follow you uh, around? Like the whole time while you're doing the show, is there always a cameraman next to you? Or is there like, do they schedule the time that the cameraman is going to follow you around?
1: So for all of these shows, right? Like there, there's a lot of different types of shows out there. The Edge of Alaska had the highest production values I mean it's pretty obvious you know like they put a lot of money in sound as well as in in cameras and you know the director of photography this guy uh, Glenn Evans amazing um in fact I I probably wouldn't have stayed in the show if it wasn't for the director of photography Glenn and then this other guy Seth Goldnick he actually created the show he was the kind of the genius behind it but it's very very real in the sense that you know like Jeremy and I are best friends But in the show, you know, there's a lot of this energy back and forth, but it, it tells the best version of what's it like to live in a place like McCarthy. And so even though it's somewhat exaggerated, I think it, it does the, uh, an amazing job better than I could do without the show. You know, I've, I've spent decades trying to explain what's McCarthy like. It doesn't do anywhere near as, as well as what that show did to show what's it like to actually live there, you know, year round. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think, uh. For the most part, uh, there's a couple of people that drive the show, but they don't stand around next to you all day. That that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be able to write a show. It's more like we all get together as a group for a certain amount of time and they do their job. And we know what we're doing in story in the sense that, OK, we have to go and find that lost animal. And so what's going to happen? Well, in the real world, you go out and look for that lost animal and you find it or you don't. Right. And then maybe they're dead or maybe they're not. Okay, so in in any version of story, it's three beats. So, you know, you you go to the edge of the forest, call them out for your pet dog and you don't find them, you know, and then the next beat, you you go into the forest and you're looking and you see trails and you even see the dog and he runs away. And then it gets dark and you can't find him that time. either. The third time you go in, you're going to find the dog. Right. Right. You know, so three beats. So we learn that stuff, not because they need us to know it. It's it's just good to know what it, what do they need in order to tell a story. So once you realize that, it becomes easier, right? So let's say you're uh or someone in the audience or or someone wanted to tell any kind of story, it's always three beats. It doesn't matter if it's a movie or a reality TV show. So are they scripting that? No, but they know that if we're doing a story where these two characters are gonna climb the mountain, mm. it's gonna be a struggle. Right. Something's gonna happen. Now, do they did they throw a rock at you and you go, wow, ah, what happened? You know, some shows will do that. Our show didn't, do that, you know, uh, is will boring things happen because the producers don't make anything happen a lot of times. But it's all of them. <laughs> it's it's, you know, there is no one formula that works for any show. The concept is these guys doing production have to tell a story. Right. And the people right. in front of the camera want to protect their identity. But yet we're all vested in our own story and we want to tell our stories
2: did it Did it take a long time once Discovery Channel reached back out to you and you get I guess you get the town together, you start talking to some of the other locals in the town? Um were you surprised by how many people didn't want to be
1: on the show? I was shocked. I was so stupid. I thought everybody who wouldn't want to do it, right? Like I did it yeah example, right as an example, um my business partner, who's a dear friend, great mentor, uh, I asked him, I was like season two or three, He's like, Hey, you know, they want some more characters and, and I'm suggesting you because, you know, you could even be more hated than me. And, <laughs> right. and his response was, you mean check the box, be in the TV show? Sure. You know? And that's what <laughs> yeah. I thought everyone would do. Like what are you talking about being a show? Why not? But actually everyone was very, very afraid. And it took me a long time to figure out why I got my opinion. You know, it's like, suppose you live a remarkable thing in McCarthy and you're not part of the show. Right? And then you go down to your hometown in wherever, Texas, Boston, something. And, uh, and you're talking to new people and, and they're like, where are you from? And you go, oh, I'm from Alaska. Oh, we're in McCarthy. And then they immediately go, ah, oh, did, you, did you see that show? Did you know? And they 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 know what they saw on TV and you can't talk them out about what they've seen on TV. So, right, because
2: what? it's in their head. It's, it's already what's, what's yep. true. So
1: I've got very dear friends that I genuinely feel bad. They're in McCarthy and they really resent that we did the show. They, they may not love me or they may not hate me, but the point is that they really resent that we did the show. And and it took me a while to figure out why. And it's because we have fucked with their identity. And not impor- intentionally, mind you, right, but right, 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 right. You know, right. their sense of who they are is based on their life in McCarthy. And the Discovery show's version of it is very different. And- yeah. And so they're, you know, they're, uh, the way I described it is like, who cares where the salt shaker was? What difference does it make Where, you know, they get uptight about the details. And, and actually, it isn't really the details, I don't think as much as, and, and rightfully so, you know, their whole identity is based on what they've done. and And right on, you know, look what they've done. They've lived this remarkable life too. And, mm-hmm. and it's very disturbing to go out into the world and and every once in a while, I'll have people say, no, 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 you're not right about your life, because <laughs> I saw on TV. Yeah,
2: so. what, what, what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> so, is, it, is it weird so, yeah. that someone new moves into town? That Because the, the population of 30 or 40 people is not very big, yeah. so you would assume everyone pretty much knows everybody in town, right? Uh, for, yeah. I'm sure some people probably stay to themselves a little bit more. You have the bar, so I'm We're, sure a lot of people go, go there, but...
1: Yeah, I mean... So there's there's a few dozen of us that live there year round. There's uh, there's probably and I'm not there right now. I'm in I'm in Anchorage right now. Okay. Um, but but uh, no, I've I've spent twenty years – the better part of twenty years you know year round up there. But the last uh, three I've, I have a place in Anchorage that I go to uh, on the off season and then go back and forth. So like I'm heading to McCarthy on Friday. Um. But uh, sorry, what was the question? It was.
2: Uh, is, 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 it, is it worrisome when somebody new moves into town that you don't know? I'm sure people get the red flags, right? Because well, okay, why, so I'm, I'm, the wrong guy. I'm
1: the wrong guy to ask that. I welcome everybody. I'm, yeah. everybody. I'm, not the I'm not there to be the mayor. I'm not there to be the governor. I'm there to be left the fuck alone so I can do <laughs> the fuck I want. I don't mean anyone any harm. I just have this project and it's I want to fix this place, you know, and I'm having a blast doing it. And, uh, and that's why I'm there. I'm not there to tell anyone what to do. And I love the hospitality part. You know, I, I yeah. love all that. So I'm just doing my thing. And, and when new people come in, I'm the guy that's welcoming them. Okay. Right. And that sometimes has been a bad thing because there's been some bad people. It's not my fault, you know, course, And people yeah, get yeah, you for, me. It for it, you know, although there's been some things in town that I get blamed for all the time because I'm, I'm visible, but the reality is that it's an awesome community. Uh, and it used to be a bit harder, which was good. You know, I liked it better when it was a bit harder. It, it's kind of like a filter. So it used to be that you you trammed your way across the river, you know, before there was a footbridge. So you get all the way down this 60-mile road, and then you are you got a river, and you can't drive. So what do you do to get across the river? You have to pull yourself across on this cable, you know, and it's a couple of hundred feet long, uh, on this tram car. that uh-huh. That just the only way there for years, you know, and and so as it gets easier and easier then the people that come in and move to a place like this um, are less and less uh, self-reliant, you know, they're more and more dependent. So let's say somebody comes and moves to a place like McCarthy, you know, if it's your first year and everybody has to cut your wood for you and has to take care of you and fetch your water and all that, they don't have time for that. Right. You know, year two and three, once you've proven yourself, they would do anything for you. Right. Because you're you're they know that you'll be OK, but people can't do your your daily chores or whatever it is in the, in the homestead life. You know, and that's kind of what what matters uh, the most is do you do you the person moving in have the personality to, uh, you know, to make it work? You know, do you have the personality to to, you know actually pull it off. So it's really up to to the person, you know, is if if they can uh make it happen. It's entirely up to them. So
2: pretty yeah. much if oh, you right. go you better have some uh wilderness training skills.
1: Yeah, you can do it. actually the, the truth is that it helps to have a great attitude uh-huh. but that's different than the skills. So attitude is different than skills. So people with the skills will do very well but people with a great attitude will do better than people that just have skills so nobody lives in bush alaska you know is born with the knowledge even if you're born in alaska you still have to learn a lot of survival skills but but again it's it's attitude like anything you know more than how are we going to make this happen you know in in order to ask the question how are we going to make this happen you have to be alone
2: <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I think i think life in general honestly is about attitude and how you how you how people perceive you because a good attitude is going to take you a lot farther in life than you know just being a dickhead and and you know you know it's true i, I want to get on to the uh mother load mind because
1: uh because
2: that the show is a big part of the show sure of um, mine which is what you were opening up for tourism, right uh, and so, uh, so this was, it was a copper mine, right? Back in.
1: Uh, yeah. So back in the day it was uh Kennecott copper mine was actually the largest copper mine, uh, the richest copper mine to ever be discovered. It was uh, um, back in the day it had 90% pure ore. And so the ore to this day, nobody's ever been able to find anything even close to that. Uh, and that created a lot of technology development and it created these two towns, and there are five mines inside the mountains. And these mines are um, essentially, uh, well, the one, the Motherlode mine, that was the subject of the uh, Discovery Show, uh, that's owned by a friend of mine. So it is one of the five mines. It is the biggest mine. It really will be, I hope, a tourism destination someday. It's it's probably going to take. What's that? It's still not a tourism destination. No, and and you know why? It's not because of me, and it's not because of the park. Because the okay. guy that owns it, it, there, there are, there are a lot of people that really struggle with how do they make a commercial deal, and right. you know it's it's just a fact. There's a lot of people that you know I don't really want to sell it because, or they can't figure out a price for something. So for Ray, he's a good friend. He's the guy that was in the show that really owns the mine. He just struggles with trying to figure out how can he, you know, he knows that if he let me off the leash, I could get it done. You know, I mean, like we could we could make it happen i mean it's in the historic tramway district so it's not a conflict for the park it would help the park actually interpret um it would actually help the park interpret uh the the um uh the whole experience for the guests which is kind of mission critical for them so us actually developing the motherlode mine would help them in their goals so it's was that was that, that part around. of before before the
2: show even started that was already something that you were planning on on opening up right was was doing that or or did the show kind of provoke it, you to bring <laughs> that into the story
1: yeah right um you know i i mean so one day ray calls me <laughs> okay this is a good way to disguise so one day ray <laughs> calls me after the show was airing and all that and there was a part of the show where one of the characters explains one of the details. I don't want to get too into the Sure, details. sure, sure. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's one of the characters that the, you know, the viewers would know. Okay. And then there's another character that's a friend of Ray's that's a minor, you know, the guy that had all the dynamite.
3: Mm-hmm. Very yeah. Guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But what <laughs> Ray was lamenting to me. In a phone call was the idea that, you know, the technical guy couldn't tell the technical story. So think about it from an engineer's perspective, raise an engineer. And he really wants the engineer perspective in that show. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, how like when when people say, yeah, why doesn't the show do this or that? The producers know what they're doing. Right. Total total respect. A producer, you know, your guy, Sam, he knows what he's doing, right? Yes, he does. That's a real valuable thing to happen. So so I respect that. OK, so if you disrespect leadership and, and what's actually happening, you miss out. Right. So so we didn't miss out. We knew that that there's some experience that could be done. And and but Ray knew that this guy would be the best guy to tell the story. So his version was yelling at me about why couldn't I have or, you know, not really yelling, but really kind of upset. And what I said well, mm-hmm. Ray, you know, we've been talking about developing a mind there since you know, for how long time. long time, many, many, many years. And, um, but you know, I got squeaky hinges on the door and he's got tons of, we never would have gone up there. Meantime, we're taking helicopters up there and we're flying through and you're making progress on the mind development and you want to bitch slap discovery because they're really helping us achieve our goals while we're you know making a great story for them. I mean, I love what we made. And that's when Ray realized, Oh, right. As long as we're having fun and we're making great stories, that's actually what our job is, and what we're trying to do, and that's what the audience really wants too, and it's what Discovery wants. So we're all really winning, but it's very easy to get caught up on. Yeah, but it should be this way or that way. So it's a it's a group effort. You know what I mean? Like- the, dynamite were, the dynamite
2: scenes were one of my favorite scenes. Uh, yeah. Especially me too. That, drove, that drove the that drove the, that drives the, the airplane that they dropped the. Uh, they dropped some dynamite sticks, I yep. think, to you guys on the mountain. Like that that really happened. Like he really dropped it. All
1: of those right things there. that you saw really That's happened. That's crazy. That's you know, cool. Those, yeah. That that whole idea of dropping stuff, the idea of avalanche control, the ideas are correct. And they happened that way as we told that story. Um I guess my frustration with the mother load is that it's not a tour already, and that has nothing to do with Discovery.
2: Sure, of course not. Yeah. They, yeah, they would have
1: loved to, to keep going and all that. And, and you know, I, I think the reason, as I was saying before about the production of the show, it was a very expensive show to make, and it, and it was just great production value. So I, I think that's probably why after four years, you know, at, at one point, I think in 2017, Discovery purchased the other half of cable television, purchased Scripps Network. And so they had to cut some shows. And and even though we had had four years and we were green, we were actually greenlit for year five. Yeah, and I know. Later, that was, that was, we were greenlit. Yeah. And, and normally when something's greenlit, you can't pull back. But they purchased Scripps Network for 13 and a half billion. So fair enough. You know, and yeah. I, I was actually really perfect. And sure, I'd do it for the rest of my life. But I had such a great time. I have no regrets.
2: No. Okay. So here's the, and I'm gonna let you go here pretty soon. We're hitting the 30 minute mark, but before I let you go, I want to set the record straight um, because you know, you, you watch stuff on, on YouTube and I did a lot of research and there's some YouTube video that you're not even really on it. They're just showing clips of you and different things from the film. And it says that one of your biggest, I don't know who made the, the YouTube video. It says one of your biggest regrets in life was doing uh, edge of alaska with discovery i'm like you regretted that oh my god no yeah, I, I know I, I know i know so, that's so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna comment with this video uh on on that guy's i gotta guy see Bob the video you're him. talking
1: about like how do they get uh, i mean i'll you
2: know, send you the link
1: my, i'll send, send kind of creepy to me you know like i'm like wow but but i don't understand how um how the idea that we were not having fun, how that, I mean, I, I guess we're fighting, but it was a blast. It was the one of the coolest things we've ever done.
2: That's one thing when you get out there in the public's um, eye, you know, people can make stuff about you that you don't even oh, know that's, fine. That, that's out there. That's
1: People's so, opinions of me are none of my business. That, that's a separate category of their stuff. I don't, I never yep. do
2: so Neil, there's look, I'm gonna tell everybody if you and what drew me to you in the first place was your personality. You're an entrepreneur. uh, You have the bar, you know, uh, didn't you own the town at one point or most of the buildings and you wind up selling well, it? Well,
1: I'm really visible. I've got currently mm-hmm. 11 businesses in town with with Don, who was a business partner that you saw on the show.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, it's guy, right? I mean, I'm not going anywhere. We we had it on the market for a few years. And what we learned was. Nobody wants to buy a bazillion dollar lighthouse a thousand miles north of Maine, because that's <laughs> kind of what it's like. It's a one off thing. It's for, you know, and, and we love it. So we're having a blast with it. Anyway, I really appreciate uh, having me on, Sebastian. It was a surprise. And uh, thanks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's the right there. Don't blame what you said. I want to thank everyone okay. who watches The live Spot. Please go check out Edge of Alaska. It's on Discovery Channel. If you have the Discovery Channel app, you can go and, and search it. There's four seasons. It's a great I watched every single episode. Loved it. Thank you, Neil, for being on the show. Check us out at www.theloudspot.net, patreon.com forward slash the loudspot. We got merchandise. Check us out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, all the above. And that's all I got. Peace out. Rock on. Much love. This is the Spot outro by Nothing Short of Tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this The Loud Spot with
1: Sebastian?
2: Yes. There's nothing short of tragic, have back again. Because that's good, really has to end. Yes. Our pin pose has a pin show, so to get more episodes, make an order, this is over. Thanks for watching our video. Don't forget to click the like and share button.
3: Don't forget to go to our YouTube and subscribe.
2: If you want to listen to our audio and pick up some cool merch, go to www.theloudspot.net. Peace out, rock
0: on, much love. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Bet Fred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more.